Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Three in a row for your boy Ryan Wilson. Will Britson has been fired. He hasn't been fired. He's on vacation. I'm going to feel bad if he does get fired, but it's me. And John Breach holding down the fort on this Wednesday, February 24th, to talk about the top quarterbacks on the free agent market. Breach, how are you handling uh, a world with no Will Brinson in it? Well, you know what? For this podcast in particular, we would have spent 45 minutes talking about Philip Rivers, three minutes, even though he's not a free agent, three minutes talking about everyone else. Uh, you know what? Good for Brinson. If I won 80000 I would be out for the week trying to figure out how to spend it. I bet he's already bought a horse. <laughs> what else do rich people buy? Probably a horse documentary, so he knows how to raise the horse. horse uh, and maybe like an old blockbuster card because he's buying old things that aren't worth money. It's worth pointing out too. There, I saw a couple comments on um, the Pick Six podcast, iTunes, um, where people are asking why is we keep talking about eighty grand. Brinson won eighty thousand dollars in a daily fantasy sports golf <laughs> bet that he made uh, earlier this year, and only only that only Brinson would do something like that. Uh, so yeah, leave a five star review wherever you get your fantasy podcasts or you get your podcast on your fantasy podcast, iTunes. We will definitely read them and uh, we'll do it on a mailback, which is happening weekly. Breach, in case you didn't know. So in the feed, AFC North offseason priorities, me, John Breach, Josh Edwards talked about that, that on Tuesday. Uh, a little sneak peek if you haven't seen it or heard it yet. Uh, the Steelers might win the Super Bowl. So go check that out. Breach also said, by the way, that if what you, what's the way you phrase it? If the Bengals don't have single-digit losses, then Zach Taylor should be fired. I did say that. So if they, they need to win at least seven games, that's the easier way of saying it. All right, and tomorrow, Thursday, NFC North, off-season priorities. Will Brinson will be back, we think. So maybe come back for that. Find out how he's doing with his new horse and the horse documentary that Breach somehow thinks he has to go along with it. All right. Free agent quarterback rankings. We're going to be using our guy Cody Benjamin's list, which is on CBSSports.com. Cowboys Dak Prescott headlines quarterback class. A class with many question marks, Breach. So, Dak Prescott, is there any way on planet Earth that he doesn't return to Dallas? Uh, No, there's not. <laughs> He's going to get hit with the franchise tag at the minimum. At worst, or at worst case scenario, and best case scenario is they work out a long-term deal. I cannot see any possible situation where he does not end up with the Dallas Cowboys unless what? No, I just can't see it. Yeah. All right. So that's the clear cut. Number one. Now let's work reverse order. Since I just read that in the rundown, I don't want to mess up all the hard work Debo has done. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, okay. Cause we talked about this on the Tuesday podcast about possible free agents that would make the Steelers better and make, uh, Bengals fan Breach and Browns fan Josh nervous, and we'll get to some of these names too. But at number eight on Cody's list, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, depending on who you talk to. Everywhere he goes, he's a starter, and then he gets bumped for the young whippersnapper habit in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Happened most recently with the Chargers and, and uh, Justin Herbert. 
Uh, how do you feel about Terod Taylor as a possible stopgap quarterback uh, in a year in an offseason where quarterbacks are moving all over the place? I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm not sure what team would be, you know, if you're signing him as your stop back, stop gap quarterback, uh, you know, that means you're looking at him as being your starting quarterback for one or two years. And what kind of team is in that situation to only need a quarterback for one or two years? I mean, are we talking about like the Broncos totally giving up on Drew Locke, can't land Deshaun Watson, so they go after uh, Taylor, so maybe would that... you would you rather have Big Ben or Tyrod Taylor for a year? Well, at what price? Are they the same price? No, you get Tyrod Taylor. I would imagine you get it for twelve million a year, probably. Does that mean Ben is retired and you don't have to pay him that nineteen million? Yeah, he's gone. Or can you talk Ben down to taking twelve million? I'm just assuming that Big Ben isn't coming back, so it's either Mason or Tyrod. I just think that Ben knows the offense better, so if those are my two options, I'd probably okay. go with Ben. All right, what but about back at, Taylor what about... over Mason? What about a backup situation like the Ravens or the Cardinals? Diva put the Eagles on here. I think if he went to the Eagles, he would be in the mix for the starting job. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I think they would let him compete. They would absolutely let him compete. And so, I mean, there's definitely a few quarterback situations where you could, I mean, you could ship him out to Carolina. You know, like maybe they need, if you're going to be a, a backup quarterback um, or the Raiders, if they get rid of Marcus Mariota and, and send him somewhere, then all of a sudden you need a backup. Um, I think I saw a report that Derek Carr is about to sign a long-term deal. Is that right? Or am I just imagining that? Did you see that? I think I saw that also. But it's wow. Definitely... Which is funny because it comes several weeks after there were some reports that Deshaun Watson was going to be part of some grand four-way trade to, to land him in Las Vegas. What so. number, if you read about a Derek Carr long-term contract, what number would just absolutely blow your mind? Like, no, the Raiders didn't just do that. What does he make now? Twenty five million, something like that. Twenty five million. I wouldn't pay him thirty million a year, would I? Maybe I would because of the going rate. I wouldn't pay him thirty two million a year. I'd pay him thirty million. What, so if he got thirty five million a year, you you would think the Raiders just made a horrible mistake? That's a lot. Is that what he got? No, that no, no he hasn't gotten anything yet. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible joke, breach. Usually it's good to have a punchline. All right, number seven on on Cody's list. Wait, so where do you think Taylor should end up? Let's both pick one team. I think the Cardinals are an ideal landing spot. The weather's great. You're playing behind Kyler Murray. You're not going to be asked to do a lot unless Kyler gets hurt, which could certainly happen. But you have to be okay with the idea of not starting. I don't know if Tyrod is. He's only 32 years old. But he's certainly been in enough situations where he's gone from starter to backup. And he's, by all accounts, a, a great teammate. And, and um, again, not to rub Debo's face in it, but he's not Carson Wentz in terms of taking things personally. Uh, and it's okay being the number uh, two. I would send him to Detroit. If I'm him, I sign with the Lions. It reunites me with Anthony Wynn, who had a lot of faith in me. Yeah. Uh, and again, you have to be fine being the backup. But you know what? Jared Goff might struggle in Detroit. We don't know. Maybe Taylor ends up wanting that job. But if he wow. doesn't, then you have a good backup quarterback in Detroit with uh, in a system where you're familiar. All right. Andy Dalton's number seven. Andy Dalton on this list. Andy Dalton's only a year older than Tyrod Taylor. He is uh, 95 more career starts. Andy Dalton. So uh, some of the Should we just lock- do a standalone Andy Dalton podcast, or are we limiting this to like five minutes? We can do an extra twenty minutes on Andy Dalton. So, yes. which landing spot makes the most sense? Oh gosh, I like the funny thing is a year ago this time I would have been quite happy with Andy Dalton in Pittsburgh. In fact, I think I said that out loud several times. But what happened in Dallas left me with a lot of questions. So the Bears, the Broncos, the Colts, the Patriots, or football team? Like where where's the best chance for Andy Dalton to have success? 
I feel like what happened in Dallas is that you got burnt by your dumb nine and seven pick, and now you just hate <laughs> Andy Dalton for no reason. Uh, when in fact, yeah. once the coaching staff started to show some competence, Andy Dalton started to throw some show some competence because his first game was that primetime game against the Cardinals, and they got smacked down thirty eight to ten, and that they just didn't look ready. It wasn't. It, I didn't feel like that game was Dalton's fault. I felt like the coaching staff put the Cowboys in a horrible position. Um, but then you're starting, starting in week 10, you know, they went four and three down the stretch. Uh, Dalton threw way more touchdowns than interceptions. I think it was 13 to four, 13 to five. So it was a, it was a good number. Like he had an efficient year from week 10 through week 17. And so if I'm a quarterback, he's one, you know, he is a starter. He's, he's a starting level quarterback in the NFL. And so if I'm looking for a stop that gap quarterback, I'm definitely looking at someone like Dalton over Tarot Taylor. And you know what? I don't think Washington is crazy. I used to think that Andy Dalton was kind of a, a poor man's Alex Smith, just like a slightly not as good version. Yeah. But now that Alex Smith is kind of coming off, uh, you know, his, his injuries and, and those 17 surgeries, he didn't look like the Alex Smith of old when he was playing last season. So I think Dalton could be a step up this time around. Uh, I don't think Washington would be a bad option. I, I don't think the Patriots would be a bad option. Um, and maybe even the Broncos. If I'm the Broncos, maybe I take a flyer on Dalton. Yeah. I, is he better than Alex Smith? I, I think right now he is. I, I don't think he was for the majority of both of their careers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think they're a half a dozen to one. Maybe... Alex Smith is probably still a little better athlete, but yeah, they make, they make football team better. And for the longest time last offseason too, we were saying the Patriots, they're going to sign Andy Dalton to win 11 games and they roll with Cam Newton. And, and you wonder if Andy Dalton would have given them an opportunity to win more games. They still were not a very good football team. Uh, the Colts, I think as a backup, maybe makes some sense, but again, I, I'm interested to see what Jacob Eason does there. Um, hey, Debo, can I ask you a question? Are you around? I am around scampering to the microphone. So yeah. there's a, there's a report on Pro Football Talk on Monday that one of the issues with Carson Wentz was he didn't take quote unquote hard coaching well when he was in Philadelphia. Does that concern you at all? Do you buy that number one? Does, does that concern you at all for him moving to Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah, I should just like let it roll off me now because it's, it's no longer my problem, so to say. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, it's just seems like report upon report that layer on to this, this image of, of Carson Wentz as being uncoachable. I do think one thing I'll say, and before reports, I think he's super stubborn. Yeah. Hard coaching. I'm not too sure on that. I, I do believe he's, he's super stubborn, but I think the hope for the Colts is that reunion with, with Frank Reich will do wonders. And I think that's being overhyped a little bit. I don't know. We'll see if those reports come out of Indianapolis. Breach, do you regret writing the report that Andy, uh, the Carson Wentz couldn't take hard coaching? Did I write that? <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> no, uh, I believe it. I mean, it absolutely seems oh, like you, it's, you do, you do believe it though. Yeah. It, it seems like that, uh, Frank Reich was there to coddle him. And then when Frank Reich left, uh, things got a little dicey and Carson Wentz just, but it's, wor- it's worth noting that Mike Grow was the quarterback's coach in Philly when Frank Reich was there. And he was part of the, I think Albert Breer wrote this, SI.com. He was part of the coaching staff that was, for lack of a better term, hurting Carson Wentz's feelings. But he was the OC after Frank Reich left. So maybe the animosity reportedly grew after Frank Reich left. But now Frank Reich is, 
obviously the coach, the wide receivers coach in Indianapolis, Mike Rowe. Uh, but let me just say that because of everything we're saying, I think that knocks the Colts out for signing Andy Dalton. You cannot bring in anything that remotely resembles a starting level quarterback because you don't want to hurt Carson Wentz's confidence. So, I mean, if you're the Colts, you literally should be looking at like Blake Bortles or AJ McCarron <laughs> as a backup because you don't Tim want to Tebow. just yeah. retire Tim Tebow. <laughs> Tebow's available. He just left baseball. Colt McCoy, you know, like Matt Barkley's out there. I think somebody who is not going Jeez. to win the job. Well, that but, brings me back to my original point. Oh, go ahead, Debo. I was going to ask you how much, do you think it could turn into a competition with Jacob Eason, who you brought up a lot on the emergency podcast? Do you think that could be some semblance of a battle heading into to preseason and in August? So, right. Yeah. I talked about that a little bit on the, on the emergency podcast. I have no idea what Jacob Eason looked like in practice over the last year, what he did, how much, how many reps he took. I don't know anything other than what I saw when he came out of Washington and which he, he did a lot of things that, you know, that were really, uh, got your attention and you're like, Oh, this guy has a chance to be good. He needs to play a little more of the same conversation. But a lot of these guys, he has a strong arm. Uh, he moves pretty well for a big guy, but I just wonder if he's balling out in August, how does Carson Wentz respond to that? Because I didn't follow it closely this August Debo. And it was a weird COVID training camp, but do you have any recollection of Wentz's sort of competition with Jalen Hurts? Clearly Wentz was a starter, but was there any sort of, inkling of, of issues with, with Jalen Hurts taking reps or anything? I don't think inklings at that time. We just thought Jalen Hurts would kind of be used creatively within the offense and not detract too much from Carson Wentz. Certainly didn't predict the awful season that he was going to have. But part of the reason that I didn't mind the draft pick of, of Hurts back last April was that, you know, I, I think I mistakenly thought that Carson Wentz was more mentally tough and could withstand the organization taking a second round quarterback. I know it's, it's different situations, but I compared it to Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's motivated, he's pissed off and he balls out when, when they draft a quarterback number 26 overall, he's a hall of famer. He's one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Carson Wentz is not that, but I don't like that kind of mental weakness when if it is true, just kind of wilting under pressure of, of having a, the 51st overall pick in, in town and backing you up. I don't like how that transpired. Just, I thought Carson Wentz could, could move beyond that, but apparently not. And by I mean, the way, I'm not going to lie that, uh, when I read that Michael Pittman wasn't willing to give up 11 to Carson Wentz, it's like the Wentz is going to quit the team. He's a baby. But here's the thing. Like Aaron Rodgers might hate hard coaching too. The only difference is he just doesn't play poorly. Like, there are probably a lot of guys. Tom Brady probably doesn't like getting yelled at by Bruce Arians. Ben Roethlisberger probably didn't like getting yelled at by Bill Cowher back in the day. I mean, the list goes on. The only difference is those guys played at a pretty high level for a long time, and Carson Wentz just had impeccably terrible timing because he just had the worst season imaginable, and everything sort of came to a head. So so are we saying that Carson Wentz is the new Andy Dalton? <laughs> God, is that, is that what's for, happening here? For his sake. We, we went from Andy Dalton to Carson Wentz back to Andy Dalton. Carson Wentz is just going to be uh, forever getting – not not playing in playoff games, not winning who, playoff games. Who will retire with more playoff wins, Andy Dalton or Carson Wentz, or will they tie? Ooh, at zero? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to win a playoff game in 2021. With the Colts, and Dalton's going to win one with Washington. So it's one-to-one, Ryan. You know what's going to happen? They're going to sign Andy Dalton as a backup. They're going to, they're going to say, look, he's the third stringer. We're just bringing him along, and they're both going to win the same amount of playoff games. In both. Uh, All right, so the one team that you would put Dalton on? I think... Football team is interesting because he can run that offense. I don't know if the Patriots make sense just because 
I don't know. Andy Dalton isn't the player that he was coming into free agency last year, I think. Yeah, I like Washington if they can't land anybody else. So another player that it wasn't quite the player that we thought he might be because of all the injuries, number six on Cody's list is Cam Newton. Cam Newton is in the news this week because uh, some young whippersnapper at a Cam Newton football camp incidentally decided to call out Cam Newton on camera. Uh, did you see that, Breach? Looked like a young Ryan Wilson out there. Man, I was like, oh, my God, I can't. So does this feel like – does this make you feel old, Debo, or is this something that you can see uh, as a function of growing up in social media? Oh, that's that's clearly – you know that's going to make it to TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I think, a calculated move. Kids are smart these days. The kid came out on Monday and apologized and, and posted an apology to social media where I think he wanted to explode in the first place. But that was wild. It did not surprise me, no, though. I will say the most, it's funny you mentioned that Debo, like the, the sort of the behind the scenes thinking of it, because, uh, I just talked about the Takashi 69 documentary on Showtime, which is a part of Paramount Plus. I think it is. Maybe it might be separate, but it's owned by the parent company. There's a Takashi 69 uh, documentary. I know nothing about Takashi 69 except what I see from documentaries. And his whole thing was to get his name out there by being the world's biggest troll. I'm not saying this young guy was being a troll. He was trying to get attention to himself. But that was the whole angle, just calling out everyone and their brother, uh, people who were much more accomplished than him. And, and you know, got, and it, it didn't work out too well for him, but it got him what he wanted in the short term. I say the most surprising thing to me, I was surprised by the, the 15 or 16-year-old whoever he was calling out Cam Newton to Cam Newton's face. But I think even more surprising to me, Breach, was Cam Newton's response. Yeah, he was pretty calm, cool, and collected. Uh, you know, it's not like an NFL player can really do anything in that situation. Like you can't. Well, Pac-Man Jones can. <laughs> I, I mean, that's true. That's true. But I think we have more players who are like Cam Newton than Pac-Man Jones. I mean, that kid's lucky that Cam Newton does not have a Pac-Man Jones attitude. Uh, but that is, you know, like you try to teach the kid a lesson and you know what? That kid, you went viral on social media and now you're just getting hate tweets, which, you know, you feel bad for a kid because a kid is a kid and, and they do dumb things. And now this kid is probably going to be getting uh, tweets telling him just how dumb his actions were pr- probably the next like six weeks. That's the um, other thing. I mean, that's that's right. That's the other thing that, you know, as an old person, I don't even think about. Like if you just did something dumb in high school, you know, 100 people will know about it and then you would move on. But that's right. So this kid has to go through social media. and So anyway, hopefully everyone learned a lesson. Cam Newton, the football player, though, I don't know. I think it all comes down to how healthy he is. I don't know if he was healthy last year or not, but we know about the foot injury, the shoulder injury, 2015 MVP. But as I said, late last season, that was over five years ago now. So what kind of Cam Newton are we getting? One of the logical landing spots. I don't know if Cody wrote this or if Debo did, but the Bengals. Well, he went uh, – no, he's not going to play for the Bengals. I can tell you that. <laughs> They're going to look for someone who would be more similar to Joe Burrow style and not have to completely revamp their offense. That's Andy um, Dalton. It is Andy Dalton. <laughs> Resigning Andy Dalton, but no, because if you're the Bengals, you do need a quarterback in case Burrow's not ready in week one, but you don't want to ha- have uh, two different offenses out there, which would you would have if you have uh, Cam Newton and Joe Burrow as your two quarterbacks. Um, so I, I don't think that is going to happen. Um, but as for the rest of it, look, Cam Newton was on Brandon Marshall's podcast over the weekend. He said he's absolutely not retiring. And okay. He said the, t- the two reasons that he struggled in 2020 – uh, number one, he didn't get an off season because remember he signed at the end of June. Uh, so, you know, uh, most of these guys, they got sent their playbook in April or May and granted no one got an off season, but at least you can start studying. Um, so he said new team, no off season. And then I got COVID. So he got COVID in week four, missed that game against the Chiefs. 
And then he said he never fully recovered from that. So, you, you know, they, on paper, those sound like two good explanations, but I think the the big question is what you said. Is he actually healthy? We do not know. Like, are you going to risk it that the fact that uh he might not still look 100% because he didn't look that good. There were times where he showed flashes of the old Cam Newton, but overall he just didn't look that good in 2020. So, you know, if I'm a team that needs an established veteran to be a backup, I would definitely think about signing him, um, but I'm not sure – I would make him the starter anywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was going to ask you, and I think you've already answered the question. Would you, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, like him more or less than Jimmy Garoppolo? Assuming he's fully healthy and assuming Jimmy G's fully healthy. I mean, probably Jimmy, but if I'm Shanahan, I would think about bringing in Newton and if I could get a reasonable price and just see, like, hey, could this guy run my offense and and maybe – uh, uh have some competition with Jimmy G if you can't get, you know, because it, it looks like Kyle Shanahan is literally going door to door trying to figure out how to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. And he hasn't been able to find anyone or, who can take his spot. Um, so maybe the answer is bringing up uh, somebody like Cam Newton, see if they can win it. Which brings me to Mitchell Trubisky. Oh boy. Athletic, strong armed, 27 years old. Not a great start to his career. I think we could all agree on that. He didn't meet the expectations Especially with the caveat that, of course, the Bears passed on Sean Watson and, and um, Patrick Mahomes. So, how do you feel about Mitchell Trubisky's prospects to prolong his NFL career as a starter after uh, four uninspiring years in Chicago? I think Trubisky is a fascinating prospect because I don't think I'm as down on him as everyone else. Like, I don't think he's good. I don't, you know, like, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that like he wasn't in a a, a great situation. Um, I think. Let, let me put it to you this way: How many games? How much better are the Bears? How many more times to go to the playoffs with Deshaun Watson and or Patrick Mahomes during Trubisky's time there? Right. If they drafted him instead of the one of those. Two oh, I mean of, a lot. They probably have won at least one Super Bowl with each of those. Maybe two. Oh, Patrick you think Mahomes. so? Yeah. So it's not a terrible situation. was so good. It's not a terrible situation. Then. It's more, it sounds like it's more to do with the quarterback. Right. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Trubisky is the new Andy Dalton. We talk about the Andy Dalton line. If you have someone better than Andy Dalton, you have a franchise quarterback, somebody below Andy Dalton, you don't. That's Trubisky now. Like he's completely average quarterback and I think he could be a good starter. And to be honest, we just talked about Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. I would be interested to see what Trubisky could do in an offense like that because look, he's mobile. He can move around. Uh, and he can do a lot of the things that Kyle Shanahan loves to see in a quarterback. Uh, so that would be a very, very interesting fit. And again, you could have, I don't know what he's going to be willing to sign for, but maybe you can bring him in there with Jimmy and, and let someone try and win the job. I don't think Garoppolo would like that. Uh, and Washington, I think would be an interesting landing spot too. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk about athletic quarterbacks all the time and we, talked earlier this week on the podcast about why, why Mac Jones, some people don't like him because he's not athletic. If he had Mitchell Trubisky's athleticism, we're talking about him as a top 10 pick. So there's still obviously a market for that. It's just a matter of trying to figure out everything else above the neck of Trubisky. But I, I think at 27 years old, there's still a lot of football to, in order to make him. Have what, about, what about the Patriots? I mean, I don't know. He's basically Cam Newton five years ago. Um, but a little more mobile, a little more arm strength. Cam Newton's a little, a little beat up from his career. I'd let me put it a different way. He's five years younger than Cam Newton, but I think you're getting the 2020 version of Cam Newton. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. Okay. He's not Cam Newton five years ago because he was MVP. So I don't know if you want to go down that road again. Maybe you do. I don't know. 
But um, someone, so Mitch uh, Trubisky's twenty-seven. Jacoby Brissett feels like he's thirty-seven. He's only twenty-eight, and I I think he's a better quarterback than Trubisky. Um, and I think he he's probably right on this list at number four. You're is it you or Brinson? It can't be Brinson because he's an NC State guy. You're not a huge uh, Brissett fan, right? I don't think uh he's a bad quarterback, but I, I don't know that he's going to be competing for a starting job. I mean, the Colts did okay with him in 2019 before he went out and, you know, he's playing part of the season injured. Yeah, he got So that was a reason why he struggled. So I, I think that if you just made him your starting quarterback and said, all right, we're going to give you the job, um, he could be a stopgap quarterback, I think. And so, I think he's an upgrade over Cam Newton for New England. Yeah, I do think that. And that's what I was going to say. I think the Patriots could, because we always hear about, uh, how Belichick would be interested in bringing back Jimmy G, but maybe Jacoby Brissett's your guy until you actually find a quarterback. So you bring him in and if you find someone else, then all of a sudden Brissett's your backup. But if you can't, then you just let Brissett start and figure it out later. What do you think about Jacoby Brissett and Philadelphia? Uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Debo, if, you like a, it? if you bring in Jacoby Brissett, I think he's your starter. Do you want to do that to Jalen Hurts though? Like, why are you gonna? It's they benched Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld in Week 17 for no clear reason. <laughs> there was a reason, Ryan. There was a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't think if if you want competition, sure. But I just think commit to to Jalen Hurts or actually go after like a guy. It's not going to be a trade at this point. I I think it's Hurts or or a quarterback at number six, honestly, at this Ooh. point. I, I don't think – I think the guys that we mentioned so far would probably come in to, to compete as backups. I do yeah, think there's some level of commitment to Jalen Hurts. It, it's not super high. They know he's not you know, automatically penciled in as the franchise quarterback, but I do think there is some belief in him within the organization. No, that's fair, and that's right. I mean, these are replacement-level guys we're talking about, so it doesn't make sense to bring in someone – and anoint them to starter when they haven't really proven that. I can get up over that. I like Jalen Hurts too. I'm just trying to figure out what the, the Eagles are doing. He was very good for, for two weeks and, and pretty bad for two weeks. Um, so it's, it's tough to make anything of, of those four starts, but yeah, he, he's going to get his opportunity. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about these final three guys in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Breach, uh, on the AFC North podcast with me, you, and Josh Edwards on Tuesday, uh, I made the case for the Steelers signing Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you said that frightened you more than 
just about any other free agent quarterback. Is that right? I did say that. I said you made a list. You listed off guys who I would not want starting for the Steelers as a Bengals fan because I thought that would make the Steelers better. And Fitzpatrick was pretty much at the top of this list. I think that Fitzpatrick would help any good team. And the one thing I said on that podcast is that Ryan Fitzpatrick has never played for a great team. He's always brought in as that stopgap quarterback, as that bridge quarterback. And so you've never really, he's never really gotten a chance. And we saw, uh, you know, last year, 2020 with the Dolphins, he was definitely the best quarterback on that roster. We saw him play, uh, two years with the Buccaneers where, uh, you could argue that he was the best quarterback on that roster, even though he sat behind Jameis Winston. And again, those weren't very good teams. He played for the Jets. He played for, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills for a while and obviously spent two seasons with the Bengals. And so I think if you put him on a team that has solid pieces around it, uh, like the Steelers, that he could have some serious success. So Ryan Fitzpatrick fascinates me. Um, that's, I think he could be good with the right pieces around him. So for one season, just to, just to be clear, he has played with eight NFL teams. I just had to, had to, Counted up because it's been so many. I think that's right. Eight started his career with the Bengals, seventh round pick out of Harvard. What do you think started, about started him? his career with the Rams? Oh, got drafted by the Rams. Is that on the list here? Oh, yeah, it is on the list. Okay, good. I thought he was drafted by the Bengals. Hmm. Two thousand five. Yep, you're right. Went to Cincinnati after two years. Should have kept him. That's and he was going to be the backup, but then Carson Palmer injured his elbow in two thousand eight, and then. Fitzpatrick didn't think he was going to see the field, end up starting nine games. That's right. And then he went to Buffalo after that, got that big deal. Um, and here we are 10 years later. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick and New England? I feel like that team is right back in the mix. Well, I mean, then aren't you just talking about your Cam Newton, Trubisky kind of, I mean, it feels like he's better than those two guys right now. Um, but yeah. not enough better to carry them to the playoffs. You know, like that team has a lot of holes and I don't know that a Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to fix it. Okay. Well, I will welcome him in Pittsburgh. I would, I would say you would welcome the Pittsburgh. I, I, and I think, uh, interesting team again, Washington, we keep naming them. I think the Broncos would be an interesting landing spot for Fitzpatrick. I think yeah. the Saints would be an interesting landing spot for Fitzpatrick. I like the Saints a lot now that I think about it. He has a better arm than Drew Brees, clearly, because everyone does. He's Even more Breach. mobile than Drew Even Brees. You can throw the ball 45 yards according mm-hmm. to Breach. 40. Yeah, that actually is 40. All right, the Saints are top of my list now. I like that. Nice. Saints, the Broncos, I like that too. That's the one you mentioned. And uh, then the Steelers. The Steelers aren't going to sign him, unfortunately. He's also 38 years old. Number two on the list. This is interesting because I don't think – I think this is too high for you. I don't know where to come down on this only because he looked great in the one pass he threw <laughs> last season for a touchdown. Jameis Winston, 27 years old. 70 career starts. It sounds like Sean Payton wants him back. He is technically going to be a free agent in a, in a few weeks. I don't know if there'll be a market for him because he really only threw, I think, one or two passes last year. One was that trick play touchdown. But he looked to be in better shape, certainly looked to be in higher higher spirits because he's winning football games and not being asked to do a whole bunch. Where are you at on Jameis? Uh, I'm intrigued by Jameis also. I, like, I, I, you know, he's obviously – been bashed over the years and, and fairly, you know, you can't throw 30 interceptions and have like half of those be pick sixes and, <laughs> and expect to not get bashed by everyone. So, you know, he has been criticized fairly 
but it does feel like there is that spark of talent there. And as you said, we saw it. They let him throw the ball one time the whole season in New Orleans, and it was a dime. I mean, it was a perfect throw uh, for a touchdown that kept the Saints in that playoff game. So um, I'm intrigued by Jameis Winston. I think that he could compete for the job somewhere. I'm not sure that anyone's going to just give him a starting job. Um, but I again, the, Saint, I, the Saints might. I, well, I think the Saints probably make the most sense. I think if you're Sean Payton, you look at Jameis, you're, you're saying, all right, you know, Bruce Arians couldn't fix him. I can fix him. I can do it. Uh, so I think Sean Payton is probably taking this on as just a project to prove that he still got his QB whispering skills. Um, but I, I think the Saints probably make the most sense. I'm not sure that there's another team. I think it'd be interesting to see him with the 49ers, but I don't think Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. could deal with that. So for one year, for 2021, would you rather have, if you're the Saints, Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think I'd do it. I would too. You're going to get a lot of interceptions. We sort of forget that part, but I think you're going to get a lot more consistency too. Is Drew Brees 100% retiring? What's it, 99% Breach? I feel like, I think the... It's a little with- weird we haven't heard yet, right, Breach? So here's my take on that. I honestly think that Drew Brees... Sitting at home, you know, he had planned to retire. I'll announce it in a couple of weeks. You know, because remember, Sean Payton came on this podcast and said, hey, it's going to be in the next week or two, and it's we've now passed the next week or two, and it just hasn't happened. I really think that Drew Brees was sitting at home watching the Super Bowl and said, my God, this 43-year-old dude is about to win another Super Bowl. Why can't I? You know, like, I'm not too old anymore. I thought I was going to be too old. I'm not too old. What if I let my body heal up? Maybe I can actually do this. I feel like he, he's got this little, uh, you know, the, the cricket on his shoulder saying, Hey man, you can do it. I'm Mr. Optimistic. Of course you can do it. Don't retire. Jiminy so cricket. Think, Jiminy cricket. It doesn't have to be Jiminy. Jiminy doesn't have to be his football conscious. Uh, but I do think that he's at least contemplating trying to, like, I feel like his heart was set on retiring. And after Brady won the Super Bowl, he thought, eh, maybe I could play. Uh, as Sean Payton, do you give him the Big Ben conversation where it's like, look, man, you get enough's enough? I, I they've probably had that, and I do think that Breeze will end up retiring. I mean, we saw him restructure his contract; that has already been done, where he's been taken down to the league minimum for this year, and then all his uh, that dead cap they were going to have to deal with, they pushed it forward, and so I don't think Breeze would have done that unless he was about to retire. Um. So I do think he's going to retire. All right. The Bucks have won the Super Bowl with Drew Brees as their quarterback this year. No way. No way in God's green earth. I mean, at this point, I think Ben Roethlisberger is better than Drew Brees. And I don't say that lightly. Like Drew Brees can't throw the ball overhand. And he had he, like a torn rotator cuff. His wife went on Instagram and said he played with all these injuries. Well, he's um, in his forties. He's not supposed to be playing football. Right. Go to the booth. Who do you, who's he work? Who do he sign with? I think he signed with NBC. NBC okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, man. Go live. So the Brittany Breeze said he had a foot injury, 11 broken ribs, a collapsed lung, and a torn rotator cuff. Yeah. That can affect your ability to, to play football. I'm not a doctor. Just saying. Yeah. Maybe you retire. So I, I do think, I think he has a tra- contract with NBC and it's Jameis time or it's Taysom Hill time. I hope it's Taysom Hill time solely for Pete Prisco's anger management issues. All right, Dak Prescott, we talked about him at the top. We'll talk about it quickly here. Uh, Breach, is this the year that Dak Prescott gets a long-term deal from Jerry Jones? 
I think if you're the Cowboys, you have to because you're staring at. But but you know the cap crunch really nope. kind of hurts negotiations. But you have to do it because you're staring at like Lamar Jackson. You're still staring at these other big contracts coming up, and you do not want to get those done before you get your deal done with Dak. And so, uh, if I'm Jerry, I'm saying, all right, man, here's 40 million a year. Let's just do this. I could have got you at 32 million a year two or three years ago. I didn't do it. I blew it. I'm not making that same mistake again. I'm doing whatever it takes to get the contract done. I mean, I think by the end of when this thing is finally done, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to get done at some point. I think Jerry Jones is going to have cost himself somewhere between six and eight million dollars a year just messing around waiting on the, to sign this contract. Well, let me ask you this. If you were another team in the NFL and we've talked about these quarterback needy teams and where these quarterbacks could end up, would you, if you're in another team, would you trade two first round picks for Dak? Yeah. Two, I would. Well, okay. So, cause we're talking, that's what you have to give up if you trade for a franchise tag player, Ooh, right? That's right. I forgot about that. So, and after seeing the Matthew Stafford trade, like that doesn't seem, and talking about what Deshaun Watson might get, two first round picks doesn't seem crazy if you think Dak's, Dak fixes things. Obviously the Cowboys would have to agree to it. Uh, but then they'd get first round picks and they could go out and sign one of these guys we just talked about. Jerry Jones says he loves Dak. I feel like he does because he was emotional when Dak broke his leg. Well, but I, mean, I, I don't know what he's dragging his feet about. Yeah, if he loves him, why doesn't he give him the money? Show me the money, Ryan. All right, that's it. Podcast in the books. Brinson should be back tomorrow. If not, you'll you'll hear us again. But uh, thanks for joining me, Johnny. Another great podcast in the books. We'll see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.